morning, everybody. Welcome to The Sports Machine here on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. That's WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And for those of you that join The Sports Machine, you know there's a new voice here. And my name is Jane Cormier. Some of you here at WKXL may recognize me as the person that does artful living and all things culture. But what you don't know is I also love sports. And today I'm going to be filling in for Slim because everybody deserves a vacation now and then. And uh, so Slim will be on vacation, but but he will be joining us. Fear not, fear not. Uh, I will tell everyone out there I uh, am the last of eight kids and a uh, hobby, you know, I have a hobby, a little bit more than a hobby, especially with the Bruins and somewhat the Celtics this year. And I have been watching hockey since I can remember. Back in the days when I was a little kid and Bobby Orr was on the team, and when the big games would come up, you know, we'd have to go to bed at night. And I, I was a little kid with my sister sometimes. And I can remember the days that we would be in our bed and we'd have the, you know, they'd shut the lights off. We were off. We'd go get our transistor radio. Remember those? Do you remember those people? Transistor radios. And we'd get a flashlight and we'd go under the covers and we'd listen to the game. And, you know, hopefully nobody knew. Who knows? My mom probably wouldn't have minded if she really saw. She would have laughed and rolled her eyes. But, uh, yeah, the Bruins. I love my Bruins. I will always love my Bruins, and uh, today we'll talk a little bit about the Boston Bruins and about oh, their sad game last night um, against the Kraken. And just this morning, coming in filling with filling in for Slim, I'm here looking at certain um, you know stats and finding out some interesting stuff. Hopefully, we can have some good conversations uh, about the Bruins, and who knows, maybe even beyond. Uh, I'm I'm open to talk about anything. I don't know how good I'm. I'm no slim. I mean, he comes in here and preps these shows with numbers and factoids, and uh, you have just moi this morning. So, uh, I'll try to do the best I can. Keep us interesting. Keep us moving. And let's talk about the Bruins. So last night, another overtime shootout loss, and breaks my heart when I see it. I have to tell you. Um, I'm wondering, is Slim on the line? Here's Andrew. Oh, yeah. I'm out here listening. Oh. He's off to a great start. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> Slim, I don't know about you, but I'm just about ready to cry when we get into these late, uh, these late, you know, losses. And, you know, there, there is something going on. Um, having watched the rhythm of great hockey when it's great or the rhythm of a hockey game since I was a little little thing it's obvious that there is something wrong and and it's more than what the pundits say oh you know we need a, a winger and we need a center and we need someone more on defense and yeah okay we get all that but after watching hockey as long as I have I can't help but say I have never noticed this type of thing before so consistently happening with a contending NHL team. And when I say this thing happening, falling apart, falling, literally falling apart near the ends of games. So what have you to say about this? Well, I think in yesterday's show, I took a lot of time to break down 
the Bruins' records against the best teams here, especially of like the last 12 games, I think, when we played against the other 11 top teams in the NHL, I think our record is 8-4. and four. And in our last eight games, mm-hmm. we've gone into overtime in seven yeah. of those. Now, I think you're feeling sad, quote-unquote, because we've lost a number of those games. But I look at it and say, hey, listen, seven out of eight games, mm. We were tied, mm-hmm. and when the playoffs come, we're going to continue playing five-on-five hockey. We're not going to go into three-on-three overtime stuff, and we're not going to go to shootouts. So I'm more hopeful than you. I'm not panicking. So this this whole thing started early, though. If you've been watching the Bruins all year, this letting it go and losing the game, because to me, losing a shootout is still losing a game. The psychological winner mentality is gone when these teams come in and know that if they rally at that last moment, they can maybe flip this game. Very bad habit. And it has been happening all year. It hasn't just been the last seven games. And it has been the Achilles heel for someone that's been watching these games. You can just see it unravel. You can almost smell it when it starts to happen. And you, this this last game, uh, last, last, you know, this game against the Kraken, they had... The Kraken had 18 takeaways, 18 times that they took the pucks, the puck away from the Boston Bruins. And the taking care of the puck in a hockey game (laughs) is like (laughs) the whole game. Yeah, that's like (laughs) the whole game. And so, you know, I I went back a few games and looked at that at that uh, at that number, that stat, and it isn't always consistent. But things do show consistency, not so much last night, because the shots last night were 29, Kraken had 29, and we had 24. So that wasn't um, quite so bad, but sometimes we, we have a really upside-down shot on goal against the other yeah. team. Yeah, and that's a huge problem that we've been talking about here on the Sports Machine with Slim now for literally two and a half months when one of our callers said, look at how many more shots we're having mm-hmm. against us than we're putting on the other side. So it's been an all-season long thing, yet at the All-Star break, we had the most points in the league. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at that and go, I guess our goaltending is just superior, and that's the main reason why we're staying in, oh, yeah. in these games. Last night, I didn't watch it, Jane, but we went into overtime. Did, did It was Olmark starting in goal mm-hmm. yesterday, right? Did he play yes. great during the game? I, not the Olmark that we – yeah, he had some fabulous saves. But you know what? To me – he doesn't look like the same old Mark that last last year when you saw him, you just had a feeling. Right. You just had a feeling this guy's going to stomp him. Uh, that doesn't feel the same. It's it's weird. And and I would really, I look forward to maybe talking to someone about, about the whole psychology of what we're seeing. You know, Slim, the thing that really kills me is when you're watching the game, and, and this happens a lot, and this has been happening since the beginning, right? I'm, I'm not just talking about the last few games. You can almost tell at times when they're going to fall apart or, or lose a surge or, you know, lose a momentum because they start almost playing with the head down in a, in a way that almost looks like they're panicking. Right. And, and when and when the sh- and when they get the puck, they're getting rid of the puck. But it's like the head isn't even up to try to make the play to get the puck to someone to do a, a beginning of a play, it's like they're just trying to get rid of it or just trying to stop something. They're just trying. That freneticism 
is there. And you know, when you watch great hockey teams, that phonetic that freneticism is not a constant. And they sort of play out of it. They they play out of it without this feeling of like, oh, I could feel it. I could feel it. And and I'll bet our listeners know what I'm talking about. You can almost feel when it's coming. I, I can sense what you're what you're talking about as well when I watch the games because really it starts with two things. One is the opposing teams keeping the puck <laughs> in um, their end for like just elongated periods of time Correct. where everyone just can't get control of it and then clear it. Yes. That's definitely been a weakness. And then, like you said, that's on top of kind of giving up a number of shots on goal within a short amount of time. So it's like, you know, both things obviously play play together, yeah. but it just seems like it. this Bruins go through stretches. There was one stretch, I think three or four games back, where the other team literally had the puck in their end of the zone for uh, for three minutes and change. Wow. So, and the Bruins guys just couldn't get off the ice because yeah. they maintained possession of the puck. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's tough not to feel bad about as a Bruins fan if you're watching three minutes failure to clear the zone. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. There, it's not, I have to say, I can't compare it to anything else I've seen. Now, we've all had moments. You can't play hockey for all the games that they play for a season and not have some games that you go, ah, oh, and you know, whatever. But this is a repetitive thing that's happening again and again and I had to laugh you know um, I can't find it here but last night there was a Montgomery had something to say about how you know they're just not they're just not getting it done and yeah no kidding you know I, like where is this coach I, I don't Montgomery you know he's like this silent you know I wish he had a little <laughs> bit more something to kick somebody in the butt because you know I don't I know what's me. going on I love me Montgomery. I, at some point, you have to look at the players and the talent that we have, especially on the defensive end, Jane. Yeah. Keep in mind, Hampus Lindholm is out. And yeah. last year, he was our best defenseman all year. I think he hasn't played quite as well this year. Um, he does have a superstar, supermodel um, girlfriend or maybe wife. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe he's, he just oh enjoys God. being in the public eye. Well, <laughs> I Googled that this morning, and I just, I'm looking for reasons why he hasn't been playing is good and I want someone to blame. You are digging <laughs> for that one, Slim. Okay, we have we have some music here, so that means there's a break. WKXL New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. Stick with us because we're coming up on the other side and more of the Bruins. So hang out there. everybody welcome to the sports machine with slim and in case you didn't notice this isn't slim today but that's okay he's going to be joining us on the phone later wkxl 1450 a.m 103.9 fm concord and 101.9 fm in manchester we thank you for joining us today and uh, we are talking things uh, all things bruins today we're talking about the kraken game which for Bruins lovers was yet another heartbreak, for moi especially. And, uh, you know, we have someone on the line right now who I'm really thrilled to talk to, Thomas Polk, who, who was a member of the roster of New York Rangers and the New York Islanders. So, um, Thomas, thank you for coming on today. 
course. Thanks for having me. You know, I always like when you come on the the sports machine, and, and I love hearing your comments, and they carry real weight with me because I know that when you've had the ability to actually do what you talk about, what you're talking about, um, you you come in with a sense of uh, knowledge that maybe the lay, lay folk don't have. So I really do appreciate uh, what you have to say and, and spending time to come on with us today. I have very specific questions for you because when, we, when I was thinking about this show last night, I, I really thought, you know, if I could get that guy on the station, I'd ask him some questions because you were a player. And, you know, we can only speculate uh, certain things, but when you've played the game, you have a certain insight. So here's here's a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Um, do you agree that there seems to be a sort of repetitive uh, thing happening here, you know, late in the game with this with the Bruins? Right? Are you seeing that? Yeah, they're, they're probably in their own heads right now a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, having gone through this the last four or five games, where you know you're going into the third period with a lead and then you're giving it up and then you're losing an overtime or a shootout. So. Right. It's definitely something that they need to figure out in the next coming weeks here. Yes. Uh, you know, going into the playoffs, good thing there, obviously, Bruins are still getting points. So yeah. anytime you can lose a game but still get a point, again, they're still on top of the Eastern Conference. So, yes. you know, they're doing okay. But, yeah, that's definitely something that they need to address and for the players just to kind of break through it, you know, so, so not make this a a habit even more than it has been the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been a habit. Closing out the games has been a habit since early in the season because I can remember seeing games early on where it's like, man, they should have had that, and it slipped away. All right, so they're in their heads, you say, psychologically. So when you have, and, and this is a question for you as a player, when you have a team that obviously out there doing their thing and they know what's going wrong. I mean, they don't know necessarily, I, I guess, how to fix it immediately, but they know they're not closing out. <clears throat> what do they do? How does a team work with that? Well, they're obviously going to look at their tactics a little bit, uh, feeling that the last few games, you know, they were probably sitting back too much, not sticking to their game plan enough, and that's what caused them to have a couple of those break counts. Obviously, the teams they're playing every Every team in the league is good and everyone yeah. can beat everyone at any given time. But obviously the good teams figure out a way to break through and it'll be the Bruins, you know, top players that kind of going to have to take the lead there on that one. And mm. obviously the coaching staff will work with uh, the entire group to make this happen. But, you know, everybody goes through these slumps. And as at the gym before too, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still winning. We're still at the top. Everybody's doing way better than expected. So there's no wow. need to concern, I think. So you know what? You're, you're a guy that's done it, so I suppose I should take what you say and, and, and run with that. But I feel differently. I, I feel that even from last year in the playoffs, this kind of problem was present. This, this not going the full way to close it and to close it definitively. And, and even though the numbers, they're first in the rank right now, Bruins, but those numbers do not manifest on the ice. When I'm seeing them play, you can see, you can almost feel through the screen their, I don't want to say nerves, but you can see that they're just like fighting themselves to try to get a play. Let me ask you another question. We have a great goalie tandem. I think, really, a tandem like we haven't seen 
in, in the NHL. I mean, maybe it's early to say that. Who knows? But uh, do you think that there is complacency in these players? Because in the back of their mind, they're thinking Ulmark or Sway will save them? I don't think so. You don't think I really that's don't. it? Okay. No, but I, I, I think, you know, as you said, like they've been struggling, and that's that was part of the playoffs last year, too. They had plenty of chances last year mm-hmm. to make this happen, and they didn't close it out, and then they ended up losing in the first round. Right. So that's something that's going to play into it again with them as well going forward. But it is a new team, and maybe the struggles right now will prepare them a little better because they didn't have any of those struggles last year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but at the end of the day... I'm sure you can talk about it. And if you ask them, they're going to give you a very similar answer that, you know, this is new. There's a new team, but until they break through it, it's going to stick with them. And people are going to ask that exact question. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as a player, uh, how are they going to break through it? What do they have to do to break through this? Because you know what? I, and I'm a nobody, right? I'm just this person that loves hockey. That's it. You played this game. But the, that freneticism I talked about in the first segment, which doesn't allow them to clear the puck or doesn't allow them to complete a play that should, you know, should have been an easy play to make, shows a certain level. I don't know. It doesn't even, sometimes I wonder, where are my Bruins? Like, how are they? Do- well, that's. It's definitely one of those uh, little cliche things. But when it comes down to it, then you have the lead going into the third. Maybe it's time to not sit back and not worry about too much what the outcome is going to be. Just, just keep playing the exact same game you played the first couple of periods. But why wouldn't they know that? Get a couple of, well, that's the funny thing about sports, right? It's easy to talk about it. It's harder to actually replicate. Okay. And I'm sure they've talked about it plenty of times, but, you know, a little mess up here, a little mistake there, not getting the puck out, sitting back a little too much, and then it ends up in the back of your net. And are they are they thinking about that when it's happening? Are they saying, oh, you know, God, we should be getting this puck out of the... Like, are they putting that dialogue in the back of their head while it's happening? Yeah, of course. No, no player is making any of those mistakes on purpose. Right. But that's how the game goes, right? The other teams aren't sleeping, as I said to Jim before. When you're the number one team in the league, or number two, whatever, they're number one in the East, yeah. uh, coming in, they're going to play you a little harder. They want to make sure they show you that, hey, maybe you're not that good, and we can beat you too. Mm-hmm. So the higher up you are in the standing, the more important all those little details going to be, and then, you know, team's going to play hard against you. So you so, think, could they be second-guessing themselves while they're out there? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, okay. as, as, as a player, though, you're, you're just in the moment doing plays, but... You know, yeah. maybe it's time to hold on to the puck a little longer and actually make some of those plays, yes. not just throw it away. Yes. But, you know, it's one of those things, right? Uh, sometimes you look at him and the best in the world have a power play that is incredible, and then the same five guys 10 games later can't score a goal for the next 15 games. Yeah. No, one of those look at this. Marsh- absolutely. Marchand, I, th- I don't think he's had a goal in like, 12 games or something like that, 8 games, 12 games. Yeah, so, so we've, we've been missing that. But you are right. You are so right when you say, because you can see it if you're watching the game, that you wonder why they didn't just hang on to that, you know, rather than just pl- pl- throw it out, try to throw it out, because there's a level of anxiety with that. It's like they're not in control of it. And what they're doing right now, allowing this, is they're opening the door for all these other teams to think, yeah, we could flip this team. This, they ain't nothing. That's what they're thinking. We're we're actually building that narrative. It kills me. I'm like, oh, no, don't do it. But so there was another question I had for you. 
yeah, physicality. So I'm not sure. You, this is a big team. You know, we got a good sized team, right? Um, and I don't think that they use their physicality near enough. Is that just me, or do you, what do you think as a player? No, we definitely have a good sized team there, and you know that's one of those things. Uh, I, I think they're playing physically enough. I think at the end of the day. It's just those little plays that make a big difference. They just need to make them again. Yeah. You know, we all know that they're capable of doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the spot that they're in. The one way I look at it is nice thing going forward, and especially into the playoffs, there's no such thing as a shootout. And, uh, yeah. you know, three on three <laughs> overtime, even though it's fun for the fans. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of it because yeah. it's not the way it's played in the playoffs. So we'll see if they can figure it out, how to win games five on five. And, you know, not having to rely on, like, a shootout going forward. Yeah. Thomas, what position did you play? When you I was were, a defenseman. You were a defenseman. All right. So that's that's one of the positions that we're, like, we're in need of. We have, you know, unhealthy, some unhealthiness going on there. And um, But here's a question I ask, I'll ask you. Isn't there sort of a thing where if your physicality comes up to a certain level, people start looking? Right, you get into the corner. Here it comes. They they handle it differently when they know you're going to hit them, and well, I, I, we don't have that going on. I mean, how many times we see them going in the corners? It's like they don't even care the other team. <laughs> I don't know. Is of it? Of course, of course, it's a big thing, and then I, I know you know it's a small thing, but Lindholm hurts not having him on the back end. He's a great defenseman. It's tough for the other guys. To go out there and, you know, make up for it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, this is what's going to happen in the playoffs. You can't really control injuries. So everybody in the lineup, whether it's your seventh defenseman, your eighth defenseman, your 14th or 15th forward. Sure. If they are called upon. They need to do what's necessary in order to win the game. And uh, at the end of the day, like you said, the physicality does make a difference. It does. It make, does. You know, players throw the puck away when they don't have to. Yep. And the better the players are, the less likely they are to do that. Thomas Polk, thank you for joining us. We have a break here in WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio, the sports machine with Slim. Stay right where you are. We're coming right back. Welcome back to the sports machine with Slim. And today your host is Jane Cormier. No, you're not li- listening to Artful Living. You're listening to The Sports Machine. And uh, we've been talking all things Bruins this morning. I want to thank Thomas Polk for joining us on the last segment. I always find his comments, I always find what he offers to the conversation really important because we have to listen to those that actually play the game, right? They know their thing and out they go out there and do it. And now he could share his information and his knowledge with you, the listener. So, Thomas Polk, thank you for joining joining me on the Sports Machine. So, we have been talking Bruins, and in the last segment, we were discussing why this keeps happening, the, uh, the, the breakdown right near the ends of the games when we need to close out. Um, sometimes it even happens during the game. Uh, Slim, are you on the air? Oh, yeah, I'm on the air listening, and I loved what Thomas had to say. I wrote down a few things, and I'm going to quote him in the future. That yep. guy's, he, he, I love his experience and his 
just the way that he talks is calm and collected. Mm-hmm. But he's got some little nuggets he drops in that sometimes <laughs> yes. I think I miss when I'm talking to him live on the air. I totally agree with you. Listening to him when he's on with you, I always leave knowing something a little bit more than than before. And you know, he's a great asset to your program. Um, so you know what? Very, very quickly, let me ask you what you think about this. I was going to ask Thomas, but you could probably give me some insight too. Um, someone that watches the games a lot. What do you think about fatigue being a factor here? Because it's the, the team close- being a say it one more time. What do you yeah, think? Fatigue being a factor in why we're not closing out these games. I I really think. And it came more to me as I was listening to that last segment. I think it comes down to talent. I mean, remember last year in the playoffs, because everybody defaults to this. And and it was Kachuk, right? He Kachuk got traded to Florida last year yeah. and came in and just absolutely. I mean, he was the man yep. on the ice. Absolutely. And as I'm watching the Bruins, I know Pasternak is our best player. Look at the number of points he scored. Yeah. And even last night, he had three goals. Yeah. He, I don't think we even talked about that yet. Right. Right? The guy is, is literally uh, phenomenal. He's a scoring machine. That he, doesn't he mean is. he's the man on the ice, though. In he my mind. plays with a little bit of a physical presence sometimes when I see scraps. Like, he's not backing down. No. But he's not plowing people over in yes. the physicality piece. As I watch the Bruins team, Jane... Who does that for us? So we could say, oh, it's fatigue, it's this and that. But I, I think it is a bigger thing at play. I just don't know that we have so, some talent and physicality, like that type of a dude who can go on and just uh, imprint himself into yeah. the game. And I don't know that we're going to be able to get it either. With the cap that we have and the deadline, the, the trading deadline's coming up. Remember, this time last year, we were able to bring in Orloff. You know, he played great. Hathaway, a couple of other, you know, we had good, that that half point, a little over halfway point trade deadline last year made a big difference for us. And uh, with, we have nothing left, you know, with the cap to really offer unless we deal. And it's really hard to deal. Um, everybody's been talking about Ulmark. It's hard to deal a goalie mid-year, you know. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe they know we're not going to see many changes and complacency creeps in because they feel like they're just going to have to weather it. You know, we're just going to have to weather this year until we can maneuver for next year. Um, I, I wonder if that's part of it in some ways. But, you know, here's my, uh, here's my hypothesis for the fatigue issue. So because their game is not under control all the time, and I know it's hockey, how can you be controlled, right? But when you see the great teams that finish plays, that don't panic, that that are have a fluidity in the game, right? We don't really see that. So they're working dog hard in the corners. They're working, you know, ooh, clear the puck kind of thing as kind of what their game is. Then they get to the third period, and it's happened three games in a row right now, but it's happened all year, that you sweat those last few minutes because you wonder, are they going to fall apart? I'm wondering if the fatigue is a factor because they've had to play so hard for whatever reason, uh, you know, the two and a half, three, almost three full periods, and then the other team turns it into the next, up the next level, and we're just behind the eight ball. We're not able to overcome it because we are just tired from chasing. We don't lead. And there's a different energy when you lead a game. It's a different energy when you lead anything than when you're trying to, to not lose. There's a difference. So keep, 
keep this in mind. And it was one of the quotes I wrote down. Thomas just said he said teams play harder because they're playing against the Bruins, who are the mm-hmm. number one team in the East. And I have been saying this on the basketball side of things with the Celtics mm-hmm. for. I mean, a, a year saying like, well, I want teams to give the Celtics their very best. Come at, come at us as hard as they can because our team has to get ready yes. for that playoff mentality. Yes. And and I'm like, wait a second, I haven't been thinking that way against the Bruins. And and, and you got to if you're going to play it one way that oh teams are going to give the Celtics their best shot because they're the best team in the NBA. Well, you have to think about it the other way too that teams in the NHL are going to come after the Bruins because they get the best record in the league. You're just going to get up to play the best. So I'll ask you to take one step back. This is how I'm looking at it from the complete picture of today, Jane. Is Lindholm last year? I can remember wanting to bet him on DraftKings to be the defensive player of the year. Last year, he was an absolute stud. Do you remember those days? Sure, absolutely. And so now this year, we're not seeing that same thing from him. But what if when he comes back from injury, we all of a sudden see that from him and we now have that guy Mm. I was just talking about us not having? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's got that kind of thing in him. He had it last year. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the leader last year. He well, was a great first player. Year on the team yeah. last year, and I was in a state where I wanted to bet him for defensive player of the year because when I was watching, I thought he was yeah. dominant yep. on the defensive side of things. He definitely was. There's no doubt about it. But but for me, the leader is the is like. Chukuk, Chukuk, or however you want to say his name. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. I, the, I can't stand that guy. The dirtiest hockey player, <laughs> and he is dirty. I'm sorry. We all know hockey could be a dirty game. That guy's just down, down, down in the dirt, dirty. But you know what? He was the spark plug. I'm wondering why we haven't felt anything from Brad Marchand. He's, well, he's our spark plug. I, I hear you. But think back to there's been multiple times in the NHL when the number eight seed has defeated the number one seed in the playoffs, okay? Can you imagine what Sports Talk Radio was like for the eight seed teams, like in their areas leading up to the playoffs? They were pointing out, oh, there's this wrong, there's that wrong, because they were in eighth place. We're doing it here today with a first place team. And that's the thing I say, you know, Boston area fans, we're always looking to find the negative nowadays instead of being confident that we're going to pull things together come playoff time. I understand what you're saying. I'm not that I'm, I am a very positive person in my whole outlook of everything. And in years of watching hockey, uh, you cannot tell me that this is a normal rhythm of a great hockey team. I do not buy it. And I love my Bruins. They are lucky they have the greatest tandem in goaltending today. They're very lucky. They would have lost many more games because of the number of goals, of of, of shots on goal. Uh, Just that stat alone, if you go through the year, I'll bet is astounding. Um, They saved, that team saved our team. This team is playing under panic at times. Panic. In, in even still, we're able to go to overtime Ugh. seven times out of that our last not eight a games plus. playing some of the best teams in hockey. Yes, that's not a plus. That's, that's letting the air out of the balloon. And even though I know that there are those that say, ah, you know, we still get the point. The point isn't going to matter 
two wits when the other team starts crashing the boards and getting the puck off us in 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 takeaways. And totally hear that. That's yeah, that's totally not going to make any difference. So I don't know. I I fear that uh, you know I don't if we don't make a change soon. And there's still time. There's still time. Oh, we're going to get somebody. I I'm hope. telling you right now. That's why I have no fear. When you just said I fear, for me, I have no fear watching this team because you have statistics that can back you up from watching the games with your eyes. And I totally agree with what you're talking about. I just mentioned uh, the other segment about how there was one stretch where the Bruins couldn't clear the puck yeah. for three minutes. I know. Like, that's a stat that's very worrisome, but we're still right at the top of the Eastern Conference. And we have one of the best defensemen in the league who hasn't been playing for the last couple of weeks, mm. and he can easily come back okay. and be somebody that makes a difference for us. He will definitely a make way. a difference. And and I want you to know, I don't believe in stats. I mean, I think it's great we're in the first place. Great. Awesome. Uh, I watched the game for the energy and movement on the ice. And... Uh, if anything proves stats don't count, it was last year when we kicked everybody's butt and broke all kinds of records for points and then fell in the first round. Stats are great until they're not. And, you know, so I'm not a big believer in that. But you know what? We will continue this on the other side because I hear your music for the sports machine playing. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We will be right back with our last segment of the sports machine with Slim. Stay right where you are. Hello there. Welcome to the Sports Machine with Slim. My name is Jane Cormier and I'm filling in for Slim today here on WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. And we're talking all things Bruins. Been having a pretty great uh, time of it here, filling in for Slim. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about solutions. I like solutions. Let's see if we could solve the Bruins dilemma. That they have right now. Slim, are you on the line with me? Oh, yeah, and I'm eagerly awaiting your uh, hypothesis here. Let's see what you come up with. <laughs> All right, so here's number one. You ready? Okay, so Bruins, if you're listening, okay, listen to the old woman here. She knows of what she speaks. All right. You have to take care of the puck before it actually gets in your zone. You know? Let's, like, start taking care of the puck so you don't have quite so long to defend in your own zone, right? And, uh, and let us not forget that these poor goaltenders are mere men. And when they have so many shots on net, uh, I'd be kind of PO'd if I were them, actually. I know they're team players. They'll never say it. But, you know, they must be some knights when you see the, the, dis- the disparagement there, not the, the, the difference in the, uh, the net's shots on net Man, some nights they got to be like, whoa, baby, come on now. Let's let's start taking care of business. So take care of the puck before it gets to the zone. Neutral zone's a good thing, right? Uh, number two, guys, make them watch for you. Because you know what? Sometimes I think I could hit them harder out there. I'm like, holy moly, really? You get into a corner and they don't care if you're going to hit them because we're not hitting. You know, a couple of well-placed hits makes them think 
and look twice. They're just human beings, right? Happens to us too on the other end. So let's let's not leave that part of the game to like three hits a game. Let's start hitting them seriously. And I'm not saying ugly, dirty. I'm saying clean hits, boom. Watch and see what happens because you'll win more in the corners if you do that. And the complacency. I, I think there's a psychological, I know that you, you may not believe me, but there's a psychological thing going on. If I was Montgomery, I'd get somebody in there to talk to them because they have 14 <laughs> overtime games, double digits. No one is even near them in overtime games except New York Islanders. They have 14 too, but they're way down in the standings. That is a symptom That is not a plus. I don't care about the point. Throw the point out because we're digging a hole for ourselves. You have got to make them finish out these games with with the expectation that the other team cannot come back and take it. And if they can't do those three, they're not going to have a very long postseason in my mind. So what do you think? I'll give you. I'll give you a homework assignment if that's all right, because you just dropped a good stat right there saying the Bruins have gone to overtime 14 times this year. Yeah. I know last night we were down three goals to two. Mm-hmm. 5.30 left, Seattle scored to break the tie. And then with two minutes and 52 seconds left, the Bruins come back and tie it mm-hmm. at 3-3 three to three on the pasta show, um, power play goal. So out of 14 times this year going to overtime, how many times would you say – we were behind in the third period and then scored the game-tying goal versus us being ahead and allowing the other team to score I, the I don't know goal. the exact you know, number, but I would say that by far the number is greater that we were ahead and then they tied it. I'd be willing to bet you on that. Yeah, so that's the homework assignment is we got to find that out of the 14 games. Yeah. And I can do the research on it, okay. but I'd be willing to bet you that there was a larger percentage of time where we actually were behind and okay. came back and Good. scored the I game don't. time goal. And that's why that's not a symptom to me. That's a symptom actually on a positive side of a team that responds to competition okay. and being down. That's why right. I look at it as kind of a positive thing that we, we spend so many Good. times tying have, here. Absolutely, and you're, you're not wrong. So I would love to get the info on that. I'd love to see how many games. I, my, my stand is that we lost a lead far more, more times than we tied it up. So I'd love to have that stat. That would be important. And right. we did last night too. Not for nothing. We were up one nothing, and then you know, then it went one yeah. one, right? And yeah. then we were up two to one. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, so I would say in game, I would agree with you. I, I would predict that we probably lost more in game leads even than any other Definitely. team in Definitely. hockey. Yep, I agree. So you know, and and that probably is why the OT stat will be what it will be. But let's take a look at that. That's excellent point. Um, okay, so what do you think about make them watch for you? Make them watch. Make them from, watch for you coming. Yeah, well, I think that uh, sometimes when you ask players to do things that they're not like is not part of their real game, like Pasternak, he's not, he can go into the corner and nail somebody. You don't want but if him you put to put an emphasis. <laughs> well, no, right. But I'm saying I think sometimes you ask guys to do things a little bit outside of their comfort zone. They overextend and then they get called for penalties. Okay. And my suspicion is that Montgomery is more of a hey. 
We're not going to panic to try and change who we are really right now. Panic, because please. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Oh, my and, and goodness. It, the regular, yeah, and the regular season doesn't matter that much. Oh, I mean, that's the other thing you got to keep in mind is last year, what we did, it didn't matter. And so it, that was Montgomery's first year as a coach. <laughs> now, this year is his second. I think it has to be partly like, hey, I'm not going to panic to whatever's going on in the, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I, I panicked. I, I, I'm panicked <laughs> because you know what? It's, take the numbers again. They don't mean anything. Watch them play. Watch how they are losing these games. And it's not just these few. The games that they have lost, many of them, he, they should have won those games. There was no reason for them not to finish those games out. And that, that question mark will ultimately be the thing to sink the ship later. Once the, the playoffs start, new level starts, teams ascend Teams that that before maybe weren't uh, you you didn't think maybe would come up. That's the time. So yeah, this this is the time. You know, and I got I, more, I, I, more stats for you. And I, I, yesterday I did it on the show against the eleven top teams in the NHL. Yeah. So the top three I look at from each one of the divisions. Okay. And the Bruins are one of those. So I just subtract the Bruins out. That leaves us eleven teams in the last eight games. Against those top eleven teams, this is since January eighteenth. Mm-hmm. The Bruins' record is six and two, mm-hmm. and and so that's that goes back to like the Miami Heat in basketball is when when it's time to play in the playoffs, they just change who they are. They were number eight seed last year, seven seed, whatever it was. Yeah. They go on and they go to the finals, yeah. and now this year again they're in the seven or eight spot, and it's like why can't they go and do the same exact thing? Well, the Bruins against the best teams play. Their best hockey. That's a sign for what to have, expect in the playoffs. Have played. I mean, they did lose. Didn't they lose against Vancouver? Yeah, Just in overtime, that was one of the losses. But we beat Vancouver four nothing when we played them back yeah, on February eighth right. at home. Right, I remember that. All right. Well, in any case, yeah, I, I, I don't like the numbers game in hockey. I like the physicality <laughs> game. I like, I like how the how they're moving. I like the fluidity of the game, the heads-up passing, the non-panic playing. Um, that's what I like. And I think, you know, all these numbers are great. And um, I don't believe any of them when it comes to comes playoff with time. Your, with your three suggestions that you proposed there, it, it, those don't sound that, out, that outrageous, right? It sounds like kind of controllable to, hey, don't turn the puck over and this and that. Imagine what our record would be in the last eight yeah. games where we've gone to overtime seven out yeah. of eight of them. Imagine if we just started to do those just a little bit more. Right. All of a sudden, your kind of you know outlook and, and fearing what's going to happen in the playoffs would turn to incredible belief and faith like yes. on the drop of a dime. I'm telling you, it's really not hard to make that switch. Lindholm comes back and I trade hope. one player, find find one guy to bring in somehow yeah. on the defensive end, boom, we're there. Yeah. We're confident New England fans once again. I, you know what? I, and it doesn't matter if they lose or not. I still love the Boston Bruins and I will die loving the Boston Bruins, okay? that in It's just I really want them to win for them. I want them to show what a great team they are. Right now, uh, you know, I, I do disagree with you with regard to the physicality of the game. And I, I agree with what you said. You can't switch it up too much. You can't become a new team with a new identity. 
Uh, but, you know, this is hockey. Hello. And and I'm not sure that we are playing with a controlled amount that we need of physicality. Um, and the other team knows it. And especially teams, watch the Panthers coming in. Watch the Panthers, okay? That next game, I'm not sure. I think it's April 6th is their next game. I'm actually going to be at that game. And uh, I'm, I'm going to watch the physicality because you know what? They can be dirty, low-down dogs, but they change the trajectory of the game that they play. And they're now second with us, and they're right on our tail. So, Oh, no, that's the key game right there. If you're going to that game, I would agree with you 100%. That game is going to be a big yeah. signifier or determiner of what's going to happen in the playoffs because the Bruins will be ready for that game, yeah. and so will Florida. Oh, we hope I have our fingers crossed. So, Slim, thanks for being on the Sports Machine with Slim. And uh, thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. We, uh, we love having you. We love hearing from you. WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. Join us tomorrow. And uh, you guys have a great day out there.